I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins. We're back. It's like 24 hours later. He's Greg. I'm still Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by Athletic Greens, your one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. And also betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. It's, as uh, Chris Berman would say, Raiders week this week. And of course, that means uh, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, all sorts of fun little storylines and narratives uh, Greg, let's talk about this Raiders team. You have an interesting Patriots comparison when you look back at, you know, the beginning of the Belichick era and what McDaniels is going through right now in Vegas. Yeah. So, you know, Nick, and I'm sure you get it because you're broadcasting in Sacramento, the Raiders are still, you know, very relevant there. So you've been, you know, watching this team, um, you know, almost as closely as I have. And just to let people know, like I've been watching the Raiders film every week, similar, but much quicker to what I do with the Patriots, just because, you know, it's McDaniels. It's somebody I covered and, you know, plus it's kind of like seeing that offense, at least that offense, but, you know, and to a certain extent, almost like, and I I don't want to make a direct comparison because they're obviously two different people, Um, but sort of like Belichick part two. Um, you know, because like Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels was employed at one time as a head coach. Um, I think Bill was a lot more successful than Josh was in his short stint in, in Denver. Josh was a lot younger, um, wasn't ready for the moment. And then uh, Bill went back to being a coordinator for a while, um, like just like Belichick did. And then McDaniels is getting a second chance just like Belichick did as being a head coach. And so it's just interesting. And, and, you know, because I sort of joined the Patriots halfway through uh, sort of around 2010 in terms of covering them. Um, This is something different. This is sort of seeing like the implementation of what the Patriots do in a whole new circumstance in a whole new place. So I just think it's cool to compare and contrast and, and certainly with the offensive stuff going on here and there, Uh, a big comparison, but you know, Nick in in this day and age, and really it drives me crazy on Twitter. Like I I really wish I didn't have to use Twitter for anything (laughs) because it's really just completely pointless. And it's a bunch of clueless people yelling about stuff they have no idea about Uh, yet for some reason, because they have a Twitter account, they think they have a right to their opinion. They think their opinion matters. And so 
you know, everything is the, the worst this, the best this. And I'm sure I'm guilty of it at times, you know, hyperbole and stuff like that. But, you know, every week it's, you know, Josh McDaniels sucks. He needs to be fired. He's this. He's that. Like, people just need to relax. I mean, you know, people forget because Twitter wasn't there. And people, if Twitter was around for the 2000, 2000, early 2001 Patriots, like Belichick would have been fired about 15 different times. You know, people forget that before he got hired, uh, the Patriots, the end of Bill Parcells, of course, going to the Super Bowl and then Pete Carroll, they made the playoffs three out of the four seasons before Belichick got hired. Pete Carroll's last year, they were eight and eight. They didn't make the playoffs. So Belichick comes over and takes over, you know, not a completely – uh, devoid of talent franchise or anything like that. The pieces were in place. We now know in hindsight, you know, the Brewskis, the McGinnis, you know, guys who maybe weren't used as well as Belichick did, uh, how well he used them. Um, you know, Belichick didn't take over a dumpster fire. And he came in, and his first season, he was 5-11. and 11. I mean, they went from 8-8 eight and eight to 5-11. and 11. And then they started 1-3 in 2001. And then, you know, there have been books written and doc documentaries about how those guys were legit worried about getting fired early on in that second season before we all know what happened you know mo lewis drew bledsoe tom brady the course of the franchise and professional football was changed forever um so not to make a direct comparison to what's going on what happened (laughs) here to what's going on in vegas but you know look Everybody wants to point out, even, you know, Raiders fans, they want McDaniels fired every week. You know, last year they were 10 and 7. Um, they made the playoffs. If I mean, you know, that's great. I, of course, it was the first or second year of expanded playoffs. Uh, they did it under Rick, Rich Basaccia, the interim coach. I think they kind of, they, they caught lightning in a bottle. They won a lot of their close one-score games. And it sort of depends on how you view that. The analytics people will tell you one score games is more about luck than it is talent. That the Raiders last year were one of the luckiest teams in the league. They benefited from that. They all predicted, all the analytics guys predicted the the Raiders would have a regression to the mean because of how lucky they were the year prior. That is held true. Uh, they, the Raiders have lost seven of their eight losses have been by one score or less. And I'm sure next year, because of the regression to the mean again, because they swung so wildly from one way to the other next year, they're going to be a trendy pick to do really well. Long story short, uh, look, the Raiders, the Raiders should be better than where they are. Uh, everyone owns a piece of that. The coaches, the players, every game to me, it's been something different that has been missing on this team. But the bottom line is this. The Raiders just don't make enough plays collectively to win the games that they should. Now, I don't think that's an indictment on McDaniels. I think it's an indictment on everything. I just don't think I don't think they have enough players on defense, which their defense is really bad. I don't, you know, they haven't had Devontae Adams, Darren uh, Waller, the tight end and Renfro. They've only had those guys collectively together for 85 snaps this year. And they just got activated this week. 
could play against the Patriots. We'll see. I mean, that was part of the thing why they hit last year. I mean, they didn't have Adams, but Waller and Renfro were unstoppable along with Josh Jacobs, the, the running back. And so, you know, they're in this spot right now. Every week has been something different. I mean, they blow the game against the Rams. I get it. It looks terrible. Carr throws a red zone interception. Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, makes a terrible defensive call with the Rams with no timeouts left and, you know, like 12 seconds left. I mean, that just can't happen. And, you know, in my mind, McDaniels needs to take a timeout and say, hey, you know, let's make sure we're all on the same page. Let's make sure we're, we're ready to go. And sometimes it's been his fault for not doing things like that. Because I do think sometimes he's too wrapped up in being the offensive coordinator and play caller and not enough of the head coach of this team, which is, you know, probably cost them a game or two. And we'll see if he learns from that this offseason and changes. But, you know, for the most part, you know, the Raiders are not a dumpster fire. McDaniels is not a terrible coach. They are a team in transition. And what people need to keep in mind is Mark Davis didn't hire uh, uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to keep what happened last year going. Mark Davis hired them to build a sustainable winning franchise that would compete year in and year out. The Raiders have not done that for decades. And you're seeing the growing pains this year. It's not to excuse. They should be better than what they what their record is. They should still be in the playoff race. They kind of are. They should be more of a factor in it right now. But, um, you know, I, I watching them on film, I see good signs. They're just not consistent enough all the way around. Two things. Uh, the first thing I would say is, I'm not ready to unequivocally say that Josh McDaniels is a good coach. I'm not ready to go there yet. You know, when you, when you look at his record in Denver and how that ended Fair. and what's gone on so far uh, until he proves that he's a good head coach. I think he's a good, really good offensive coordinator, but as far as a head coach, I need to see it to believe it. And it's not there yet. So maybe he ends up being a good, a good head coach, but I just have not seen that. The other thing I would say is, you know, about the one possession losses and everything you said is, is true, Greg, as far as one possession, one score games, they were incredibly fortunate last year. You even go back to the game that got them into the playoffs when Brandon Staley lost his mind again and just went for a bunch of fourth downs and just and, and really gave that game away, which allowed yeah. the Raiders to sneak in through the back door into the postseason. Uh, the thing I would say, though, is it's the nature of the one score games like from 30,000 feet. If we say, oh, they lost that many one score games, the perception would be they're losing a bunch of close, tight knit, you know, fist fights in a phone booth. And I would say that's not the case. A lot of these one score games they've lost is because they've lost big leads. And, and when you look at it, I'll give you I'll give you one stat to, to really kind of describe the nature of these losses and how bad they've been. And, and I would also say, as Greg said, it's not all on McDaniels. I mean, sometimes players don't make plays. Sometimes your defensive coordinator, as Greg alluded to, calls for press man coverage 23 yards away from the end zone with like 17 seconds left. And the other team has no timeouts, which is just a hideous play call. But this is, this is what I will leave this conversation with before we get into the X's and O's with the Raiders to prepare you for the matchup on Sunday. When you look at teams that have been up by at least 10 at halftime this season, the Raiders, when they've been up by at least 10 points or more at halftime, they are 0-4 on the season. 
They have not won a single game this year that they have led at halftime by 10 points or more. If you're wondering what the rest of the NFL record is, it's 59 and six with the other 31 teams. Okay. So let, let's, let's put that in perspective. Those other teams have players making mistakes. Those other teams have bad play calls from the coaching staff. The Raiders are zero and four when leading at halftime by 10 points or more. The rest of the league is 59 and six. That is an indictment on the entire team. And I think it starts with the head of the snake, which would be Josh McDaniels. So there, there's blame to go around, but the nature of these losses have been brutal. And the fact that you are now, you know, there was this feeling that the team kind of got through it, right? They won three games in a row. They were two and seven. They jumped to five and seven. And there was this feeling in the building, outside of the building. All right. You know, Josh has kind of figured things out. They've won three in a row. And you go into last week and that game to me is inexcusable. Like you go into last week, the Rams don't have Aaron Donald. They don't have Cooper cup. They don't have Allen Robinson. They don't have much of a run game. Their offensive line is terrible. Oh, and their starting quarterback literally signed with the team 36 hours prior to the game. And you lose and you lose that game that that, there's no excuse for that whatsoever. And you lose that game when the quarterback who signed 36 hours prior gets the football at the two yard line with two minutes left. A 98-yard drive, two-minute drill with a dude who literally was learning the playbook before kickoff. There, there's nothing to say about that. That, that. that falls on the coaching staff. That falls firstly on them and then everybody else to follow. So, um, you know, I'm not writing off McDaniels. They're five and eight. It's not like they're, you know, one and whatever. Um, and, and certainly – you know, he deserves more than one year to kind of turn this thing around. And, and I do think that, you know, a, a chunk of that roster uh, was not as talented as people thought. You go back and you look at, you know, those those drafts by Mayock and, and Gruden. Holy crap, they were terrible. So it, it is kind of a rebuild, but uh, I just would look at the nature of the losses. And I do think McDaniels has a lot of questions to answer as he gets ready for this next off season going into next year. Well, let's look at the football team before we get to athletic greens. Let's start on the offensive side, Greg. Uh, of course, McDaniels, as you just mentioned, he's calling the plays. He's the head coach. He's got his hands all over this offense, as you would expect. When you watch these guys play, what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, just before we get into that, a couple points on that. And I think they're, they're all valid. And any criticism that Josh gets is valid for what's happened this year. And, and I think you're right. I think the Rams game um, in many ways, like was sort of like the, the final straw and like, you know, really, I mean, like, really, are you kidding me? I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know, the, the only things I'll say is I, I do think that in this day and age of the NFL, especially when you have as bad of a defense as the Raiders do, and they just they their defense outside of Max Crosby is just not good. And some of it's their own fault. I mean, they signed Chandler Jones, and we'll talk about him later. And he hasn't done squat this year. When you know, if he makes one Josh Uche like sack in some of these games, the Raiders have like a winning record. Um, I do think that I do think that the you know the the Rams game sort of encapsulates what it's been like this whole year, which is, you know, you look at, on one hand, you look at the leads that the, that the Raiders have built in these games and some of these games, to me, that's an indication of, all right, you know, Josh McDaniels is the, is he knows, he knows what he needs to do to beat this opponent every week has a really good game plan. And, but then things sort of fall apart. And I do think that's sort of equal parts coaching. I mean, you know, if they're, 
they've been like a 45 minute team. Basically they can put three good quarters together and then it all falls off. To me, I watch it, you know, this Rams game. I mean, the amount of mistakes and stupid penalties and, you know, jumping off sides and Jerry Tillery, like hitting the ball out and like, you know, just dumb stuff. Like, is that, is that the coach that, you know, for 45 minutes, they don't do it. And then in the last 15 minutes, I, you know, I don't know. And here's the other thing that I just wanted to say about McDaniels. Um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do this off season, Nick, because everything that I, everything that I heard about McDaniels and I do, I do know McDaniels, you know, from covering him. And so, um, you know, I have more insight into him than other coaches, like say like a Matt Patricia, who I don't really know. Um, to give people some background on Josh, like people in the building, people with the Patriots, people high up, like the, everyone talks about, and this, this includes Bill Belichick. You know, when Josh would get mentioned for other jobs, what he would tell other owners is that outside of Nick Saban, Josh McDaniels is the smartest coach that Bill Belichick has ever been around in terms of being able to look at all phases of the game and understand it and coach it and and attack another team you know similar to you know Nick Saban's a CEO coach Bill Belichick's a CEO coach but the thing is is that McDaniels he's so consumed with his offense you see him on there he's got the play sheet he's sitting down on the bench with the quarterback like you know my counsel to him my advice to him is be like you need to find somebody to run your scheme so you can be a CEO coach and Nick, this goes to what you're talking about in terms of, you know, just missing certain things. You know, if if Josh McDaniels was just there watching the game on the sideline like Belichick and writing stuff down and, and you know, looking at the play caller of the other team and being like, they're setting this up or could aren't there times in that game where he could give insight to his players and his coordinators on all sides of the ball that says, like, look, this is coming or motivate a player in a certain way where. Now you're making now that gives you those extra plays that you're not making in those games. So it'll be interesting to see if McDaniels pivots that way at all. So those are just a couple of thoughts. But in terms of their offense, look, it's it's sort of like a rudimentary old school Patriots offense. You're going to see Jakob Johnson, the fullback out there. Uh, they are going to, uh, you know, the best thing about their team is that, you know, Josh Jacobs, as far as their offense, uh, the idea this year was basically to, um, you know, have those guys, they, they, they were going to base it around the passing game with Devontae Adams and Waller and Renfro and Matt Collins as sort of the fourth receiver. And basically seeing, you know, if they're going to, if they're going to tilt covers of Devontae Adams, then you hit Waller and Renfro underneath. If they try to take away Waller and they single up Devontae Adams, now you're going to go deep to Devontae Adams. That's never happened because of, you know, Waller's been basically a crap show this whole year sort of like a hold in during camp with his training uh, during training camp with his quote unquote knee yep. or whatever gets his contract. All of a sudden now he's out there. And then, you know, what do you know? The guy get, gets hurt because he wasn't out there all during training camp. Um, you know, Renfro is a guy who got hurt in the Patriots practices. And to, to my eyes, he was not nearly the same player as he was a year ago in terms of quickness off the line. Like he, he had no juice whatsoever. Before he went on IR, will he be better this time around? I don't know. But once those injuries hit, the Raiders basically realized they had to pivot 
Josh Jacobs is what has always been since he was a rookie in this league. One of my play, favorite players to watch on film. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He can do it all. He can run with power. He has vision. He can catch the ball. He can, he's a breakaway threat. Um, the offensive line is not good um, and it has gotten worse. The injury issues have gotten worse. Colton Miller is a good, solid left tackle. Nothing spectacular, but pretty good. I would say he's in the upper echelon of the league. Dylan Parnum at uh, is he? A, he's at left guard still. He's a rookie. Yeah, he is. Um, he's been a disaster the past couple weeks. He's basically their Cole Strange, where it's been like up and down. Some some weeks he's great. He's trending poorly, sort of like Cole Strange is. Andre James. You know, decent, okay center. Um, you know, nothing great. Uh, Andrews is probably much better than him. Uh, right guard has been an issue. So Alex Bars, uh, he he got hurt last week. Basically, you know, he's been okay at right guard for them, but but it looked like his knee was taken out. Um, sort of like a journeyman type guy. Uh, so I don't even know what they're going to do at right guard. They might have to move old, former Patriot Jermaine Illuminor inside to right guard um he hasn't been good at right tackle the Raiders have been very similar to the Patriots as far as right tackle um Illuminor has gotten better as the season's gone on but it still hasn't been great in uh Thayer Munford seventh round rookie who I think the Patriots had a lot of interest in and drafting or signing after the draft uh kids got a lot of talent um needs to be developed but a future starter there. So they're a bit of a disaster on the offensive line. It's where the Patriots can sort of make some hay in this game. But to me, as far as the Raiders offense in this game, it's about what are they going to have? Is Waller back? Is Renfro back? Are they ready to go? And into, does, does McDaniels now have the pieces that he thought he was going to have before the season? And, uh, you know, is will that be effective against the Patriots? And that's even before you know, we get into Derek Carr, which we could spend almost a whole podcast on. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> injuries matter, right? I, I remember the second time around Patriots Giants in the Super Bowl. You can't tell me that the Patriots lose that game if Rob Gronkowski is not on one leg. Like he was so crucial to that offense and the fact that he was just a decoy in that game. Injuries matter. I've said that from the very beginning uh, of being a sports fan and then being somebody in the media. I know people in the media sometimes, oh, injuries and officiating. I've said it. They don't impact you. They almost ignore those two things as if they don't exist. Injuries matter. Officiating matters. And so, you know, yes, you have to account for the injuries to Waller and Renfro. They're two vital pieces of this offense. And with both of them out, it's, it's been tougher. Uh, with that said, Adams has been a stud. Jacobs, you hit all the all the bullet points. He's been a stud. He's been terrific this year. Uh, they have some for me, some some play calling questions. I, I think McDaniel's has has had some head scratching moments. He loves trick plays, man. If you think Andy Reid loves yeah. trick plays, watch Josh McDaniels. This dude, he can't he he can't help himself go Madden twenty two, Madden twenty three whenever he can. He he loves the you know double reverse, okie dokie wide receiver pass. Uh, he loves it, and and sometimes. Um, Most of them he calls work. these, I think, yes, yeah, so, yeah a, a number of them can, can work, certainly. But there's been other times where, you know, I feel like they have momentum as an offense. And I get what he's doing, like momentum, and then he wants to land the haymaker. But sometimes yeah. I think he gets a little too creative, a little too excited, and he calls, much like Andy Reid, he'll call these trick plays 
to me at inopportune times, like your, your offense is rolling, your quarterback is in a rhythm. And now let's have a double reverse wide receiver pass. It's like, Josh, settle down. You don't have to do that. So there's been some of that. Um, they, they haven't had balance on offense. Most games, it's like either Derek Carr in the passing game is doing well. And, you know, Jacobs isn't doing much early in the season. And then Jacobs takes over and like last week they ran the ball two two to one. Right. So there, there was kind of a lack of, of aggressiveness. You could say it's because Josh is afraid of, of Derek Carr, or he's afraid of his defense playing too much and, and the offense of the opposition, just absolutely crushing his defense. But there, there's been some balance issues. And I, I, I thought he really, McDaniels got really conservative last week, late in that game. They had a fourth and one. Um, to me, I'm going for it with Josh Jacobs. If you get the first down, the game's pretty much over. And Josh decided to punt. So there, there's been some of those decisions that haven't been great. The biggest issue to me, Greg, you hit it's the offensive line, man. And, 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 this, and they knew it. I mean, they, they knew it going into the year. They had a bunch of different offensive line combinations in the first month of the season. They were just literally throwing crap against the wall to see what would stick. And now they're banged up. You mentioned it. They've got a number of guys. Illuminor is limited. Bars is he did not practice yesterday. So they, they've got a number of injuries up front. So it has been an ongoing battle for the offensive line for this team. Um, you, you have any quick thoughts on, on Derek Carr here and, and, and what you see from him? Because I've said, look, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I think he's a top 15 quarterback. I don't think he's a, you know, a top seven or eight guy. I think he's above average. Um, but your thoughts on Carr. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I will give you those as soon as I tell the good people about Athletic Greens. I started taking HE1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for five months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my morning routine, and I'd be lost without it. it contains less than one gram of sugar. I love that. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, huge for us in New England, with the sun 
never being out anymore, and five free travel packs <laughs> with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. That's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So Derek Carr, this is basically, so I have watched a lot of Carr from when I briefly covered the Raiders in 2019. I watched all of his 2018 film. I watched all of his 2019 film. And then I've watched all of his 2022 film. Um, Two different offenses, you know, Gruden, West Coast offense to now McDaniels and his offense. To me, Derek Carr is the exact same player every single year. He he's just he is talented. Um, I think he he wants to be a really good leader. You've heard some of the sound bites. I think he is a really good leader. He's a likable guy. But at the end of the day, he is just not consistent enough. He will look like a top five, top 10 quarterback for about two, maybe a quarter, two quarters a game. Then he will have a quarter where he is not good. And it's not awful. He's not throwing like interceptions left and right. He's just not seeing the game well. He's not seeing open receivers. He's not delivering the ball on time. He's not being accurate with his passes. And it ends up costing his team. You know, sometimes he pulls games out. I don't think, I think he's tough. I think he will deliver the ball with a hit. Um, but sometimes he just, he, he just doesn't make the plays cons- on a consistent enough basis. In my mind, watching the Raiders this year, McDaniels needs another quarterback. Um, Carr is not the guy. You know, could he be a stopgap for a year if they draft a guy? Um, you know, maybe, but they can get out from under his contract at any time, even though they gave him an extension. Um, you know, could I see Brady there next year? Yeah. But, you know, Carr, in my mind, I think he's done a good job transitioning to the offense. Um, and he's he's improved at times. But, like, you know, here's a little thing that drives me crazy watching their film. Like, you know, the, the whole mic identification and check with me alert system that the Patriots do. Like, Carr does it. But, like, he's freaking annoying about it. Like, it's like he needs to make a production out of it and it takes forever and it slows the <laughs> offense down. And like, I don't think the rhythm's very good with Carr. And like, you know, I, I just, you know, he's, I would say he's a solid B quarterback, C plus B, depending on the day. And some games you're like, oh, I love Derek Carr. And he's, he's our quarterback. Other games you're like, man, this guy stinks. I think he's been progressively worse this year. Um, you know, I think I th- I think he's cost them in more games than he's helped them, and um, I think that when it comes to the Patriots playing defense against them, I do think they'll be able to trick him at times. Um, I think he will throw the ball to them at times, and I think he'll he's the type of quarterback that the Patriots will like bluff pressure to get him to throw three yards into the flat where. He'll get tricked and, and, you know, the Patriots are like, well, we're going to bluff him because we want him to throw short of the sticks. And he'll do that, whereas other quarterbacks won't get fooled by that stuff. So, you know, if I'm the Patriots, I'm not worried about Derek Carr in this game. He'll make his plays, but be ready to capitalize when he, he goes into zombie Derek Carr mode because he will. At some point, he will. I, I think if we're going to give Josh McDaniels and some others uh, <clears throat> on this offensive side, some leeway uh, due to a a lot of the things we've already brought up. I think Derek Carr uh, should be afforded the same 
chance. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at this, you can't talk about Derek Carr's quarterback play without talking about the offensive line. It, it's been unsteady in front of him, and I'm sure that's affected yep. his play at times. You know, the fact that you don't have Waller, you don't have Renfro. That you know, if that affects Josh McDaniels, it affects Derek Carr. The fact that he's he is learning a new system and and trying to implement all of this. Again, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. I've always said he's like a top 12 or so quarterback. And and look, really, what the hell is the difference between the guy who's ranked like 12th to 13th or, and 15th in the league? Honestly, yeah, they're all kind of in tears. That That's that's who he is. Look, if you want to move on from Derek Carr, all I know is you better find somebody who's better. And, you know, it, it might be one of those be careful what you wish for scenarios for Josh McDaniels. If you're going to replace him, make sure you have somebody who's better than him. And it, it might shock some people, you know, when you look at the options that you have and you mentioned Brady, maybe he's an option, but when you look at the options that you have in replacing him, it's not easy. And that's why a lot of these teams in the NFL end up holding on to these quarterbacks who are kind of, you know, in that middle tier. They're, they're not in the top tier, but they're right below that. They're anywhere from 10 to 15 to 16, because if you make the wrong move and, and that quarterback ends up replacing that top 15 ish guy. And he ends up being a, a 20 guy or a 21 guy you screwed up and then you get to start all over. So that is the very difficult part of the NFL. Like yep. everybody wants a top notch quarterback. Everybody wants a top five guy. Well, guess what? There's a reason why there's only like five of those dudes in the league. You know, they, it's not, it's not easy to just pluck one out. So Nick, if I, you're I going completely to replace agree it, with you. On, I completely agree with you on that. And you know, just for comparison's sake, cause you know, in my mind, from watching the Raiders, they need a they need a better quarterback. And, you know, if I were Josh McDaniels, I would go to Brady for a couple years as a bridge guy. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you talk about like it's not easy. And, and who knows? Brady at 46, who knows if he's good enough? But like, you know, say, for example, <laughs> I mean, say, say, for example, that uh, that uh, Patriots get to the offseason and Belichick says we're going full bore with Matt Patricia and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge want Bailey Zappi and they trade. They want to trade Mac Jones and Mac Jones would be, you know, I'm sure McDaniels would, you know, be open to that. And Josh McDaniels really likes Mac Jones. You know, he, he got off to a good start with him as a rookie. You know, we we know all about that. But if you're Josh McDaniels. Are you comfortable betting basically your head coaching career on Mac Jones coming out there? In my mind, I wouldn't like, you know, so that illustrates your point about like, it's not easy. And if you get it wrong, especially after this season, if say they, they, they bet the house and they trade for Mac Jones, like it better work. And I don't know if I have that comfort level in a guy like Mac Jones that, you know, where my franchise is, where I'm still building it up. Like, is Mac Jones good enough to elevate us past a Derek Carr? I'm not ready to say that. No, and that and that's why that's why the handling of Mac Jones should infuriate every single Patriots fan because the quarterback situation, man, it's so difficult in the NFL. If you get a guy who could be, you know, slightly above average, above average, a top 15 guy maybe, which I think is Mac ceiling, kind of, you know, somewhere in that 15 range, it, you got to, you got to coach them up and support them as best as you can, because there's no easy route to just turn around and find somebody who's guaranteed to be better. All right, quickly, let's, uh, let's run through this Raiders defense. We've gone a little long today. Uh, your thoughts when you watch this defense on film. Uh, they're horrible. 
I mean, they just don't, they don't have very much personnel. I will say they've gotten better in recent weeks. Patrick Graham, of course, former Patriots assistant for former Giants defensive coordinator. Um, they were terrible for much of the season. They've gotten better in recent weeks. They've, they've started to use some of the, um, and it won't work against the Patriots because they're used to it. Some of the old Patriots tricks of like, you know, let's drop a guy into coverage and bring somebody else. Like a lot of that has worked. They got, you know, the, the good players on their defense, Max Crosby is unbelievable. If people haven't watched him yeah. on a on a game in game out basis, like he is legit defensive player of the year. If the Raiders were better, if the Raiders were eight and five, he would be top five for defensive player of the year. I still think he is every week, yeah. and I chart the Raiders just like I do the Patriots. If you think Matthew Judon's good for the Patriots, Max Crosby's better for the Raiders. He is more impactful every game, and he plays. The left side, which is the weakest side, right tackle for the Patriots. So good luck there. They will move him around a little bit. They'll, they'll kick him inside on, on passing downs. Chandler, uh, so Max Crosby is unbelievable. I love uh, Denzel Perryman, the middle linebacker, is really good, undersized, fast, um, you know, good player, but can be blocked because he's so small. And um, uh, Nate Hobbs. Their cornerback, number 39. Yep. He just came back from injury. One of the better cornerbacks in the league. Love that guy. He's just getting his legs under him now. So really good. Deron Harmon is at free safety for the for the Raiders, the former Patriot. Uh, he wasn't good at free safety for the Patriots. He's not great for the Raiders, even though he is very timely. He'll punch a ball out, pick off a ball. Patriots fans know that. He's still that guy but he's limited as far as his speed. If you think Devin McCourty's slow at free safety, uh, Deron Harmon's twice as slow. So those are the good parts of the Raiders' defense. Here are the bad parts. Chandler Jones, the former Patriot, has been god-awful this year. He had one three-sack game a couple weeks ago. It was all sort of token pressure, building a lead, bad blocking, bad offensive line. It was cheap. He hasn't done anything this year. He barely has any counter moves. He barely has any pass rush moves. He has gotten better, but he's been an incredible bust for this team this year. And I expect Trent Jones to basically make him a complete non-factor in this game. Their defensive line interior stinks. You can run on them. If, the, if you knew the Patriots, if the Patriots had a fullback, if they had a power running game, you would say line up and kick the snot out of these guys because there's no interior defensive lineman that can hold up the double teams and their linebackers are dropping like flies to the point where, you know, Perriman's out there, but is an injury risk. And then the rest of them, their linebackers right now, because they lost uh, divine Diablo, who is sort of their Jamie Collins type guy. He's been gone for a few weeks with injury. Luke Masterson is a college free agent, rookie college free agent. He has to play linebacker right now. Uh, Curtis Bolton is some journeyman street free agent. Darian Butler, another college free agent. That's all they have at linebacker in the middle. So if, if this was an old school Patriots team, you would just say we're running the ball down their throat the whole game and they would do it and they would do it well. But can this Patriots team do that? I don't know. And everybody outside of outside of Hobbs in the secondary is uh, a big play waiting to happen. Rocky Sin at cornerback. Not any good. Tyler Hall's okay, number 37. Morig at safety was terrible last week. Uh, Robertson is a penalty guy all the time. Uh, so they are 
They're very limited on defense. They've gotten better in recent weeks, but if you're a good offense at all, you should be able to put up points and yards and keep the ball time of possession against this defense. So it'll be interesting to see if the Patriots can do that in this game. I wonder if uh, Dave Ziegler kind of regrets if he could go back in time, he he made that decision to, you know, trading Gawkway to Indy for Yasin. And then he signed Chandler Jones for all of that money. Would it have been better if he just stuck with Ngakwe and went another route at corner instead of Yasin? Um, because that that really hasn't added up for them the way I think Ziegler thought it was going to add up for them. I agree with you watching this defense. Look, they're not very good. Uh, the second level is a big, big problem. Uh, Blake Martinez, he, he retired in the middle of the year. Uh, they've been trying to scramble there at linebacker. It hasn't been great. Uh, their secondary is a disaster. Nate Hobbs is very good. Crosby and Hobbs are really the only two guys I trust on this defense. Uh, and that, and I've got to believe that the Raiders feel the same way. Jerry Tillery has made some plays since he mm-hmm. is, he's come over yep. from the chargers. A big part of the Chandler Jones three sack game was Tillery was a monster against his old team early in that game. Uh, he's capable. Look, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I've watched him since college. It, he's capable of making some big plays, but he's also capable of kind of disappearing for legs. So yep. we'll see if Tillery can make some plays. Uh, Andrews just has to make sure uh, he's, he's paying, you know, tight attention to uh, Tillery because he is a dude that can kind of screw a drive up with one big drive through the middle with that pass rush. So just yep. keep an eye on him. Dave Andrews going to make sure that you don't let him get going uh, before we get to the, the pick of the game, Greg, let's get to betonline.ag. Bet online is remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports and World Cup, France versus who is it? Argentina on Sunday. Yes, can't wait. Messi. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game treads at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so this is a pick'em. This game is a pick'em. The over/under is 44 and a half. Uh, at last check, I, I believe I'm 11 and two against the spread. Greg, I think you're 10 and three or somewhere around yep. there. I think. Uh, um, uh, I think I'm a ele- Oh yeah, against the spread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So Greg's 10 and three. Uh, I'm 11 and two. So we're we're close together. And looking at this game, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you straight up. If if people take advice from us, I'm not super confident in this game this week. Yeah. I, I go back to the Vikings game, the Vikings game. I wasn't super confident in, and I got burned on that one. Uh, the Jets games, I didn't really know what to make of them. Uh, fortunately, both of them fell my way. And the Bears game, I just throw out because nobody thought the Bears were gonna do what they did that night. So. Uh, this game's difficult and it's difficult, Greg, to me, because it's just, it's so unpredictable because of injuries on both sides. Like is, is Jalen Mills, Jack Jones going to play is Stevenson Harris going to play uh, the offensive line of the Raiders. Like we've talked about, you mentioned Renfro and Waller. Uh, they've opened up the window. Does that mean they play on Sunday? I don't know. I mean, there's just so much unpredictability, which is why I would imagine Vegas has a, has it as a pick 'em. 
Um, where do you kind of, where do you fall on this one? Are, are you confident, not confident? Or are you like me just, man, these injuries and, and just the, the West coast thing, just so unpredictable. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I, I am not confident either. I mean, I, I agree with you. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the Patriots could get Christian Barmore back this week. Um, you know, yes. what's the state of their offensive line? Um, you know, I think that McDaniels will definitely have an offensive plan that will give the Patriots a lot of issues. You know, will Derek Carr hit those plays? Good question. Um, you know, what Josh Jacobs is coming off a hand injury where he couldn't even carry the ball in his left hand, you know, but I guess the x-rays were negative. I mean, what kind of shape they're in? I think the Raiders have a big advantage that they've been off for 10 days and the Patriots are on a short week. So not only do the Raiders have their institutional knowledge of the, the Patriots, but they have extra days to, to fine tune everything. Um, will McDaniels be a little bit too over eager against this team? And um, it, it, I think it's, it's all there to be questioned. I mean, I could definitely see this game being another game where the Raiders jump out big. Uh, can the Patriots come back and, you know, from that deficit, I do in, in a vacuum. I don't think that they can against this Raiders defense. Yes, I do think they can. But to me, <laughs> I think to me, I'm going to go with the Raiders in a close game. I think it'll be a field goal game. I, I have a sneaky feeling that McDan- if I were McDaniels, even though he can pound the ball against this Patriots team, if he wants, if I'm McDaniels, I think the Patriots want this game to be in a, they want it to be a slog. They want it to be like the bills in the twenties. If I'm McD- Josh McDaniels, I'm doing whatever I can, whether it's blitzing on defense or going no huddle on, on offense, I'm changing the tempo. I'm playing this game at a fast pace because the Patriots can't hang at that pace. Do I think he's going to do it? No, I don't. I think he's going to stay. He's going to keep it a slog along with the Patriots. That favors them. But at the end of the day, I like Max Crosby against the Patriots offensive line more than I like Matthew Judon against the Raiders offensive line. I know Josh McDaniels will have a plan for Judon, and I don't think that Josh Uche will beat Colton Miller on the other side. I I am not confident that Matt Patricia is going to have a plan for Max Crosby. I think that Chandler Jones will be motivated for once in this game. So at the end of the day, I think Max Crosby tilts this game. I'm taking the Raiders uh, 27, Patriots 24. I am uh, leaning Raiders too. Uh, a lot of things you mentioned I, I just think, you know, th- this could be a, an ugly game if you paint it a certain way, like because of the unknowns about the Patriots offense and Patricia and all the problems we've seen. And again, the the unknowns about Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker, two guys I didn't even mention. Uh, this offense might have all sorts of issues and, and, and even against a bad defense. I mean, they just played a bad defense against Arizona and scored 20 offensive points. So what does it look like against the Raiders? I, I don't know if they can break 20 points. And for the Raiders, you know, McDaniels, the unknown play calling, as you said, too eager, the injuries, is everybody back? How does Jacobs feel? The offensive line is going through a bunch of crap. 
this this could be an ugly game or it could be, hey, look, you know, the Raiders defense is that bad and the Patriots get a little bit healthy and the Raiders do have Renfro and Waller back and they're able to put up some points. Eileen Raiders 24-20. They certainly could choke this game away. They've done it all year long. So again, this is a, a very tough, unpredictable game to me, but I would lean uh, Raiders in a, in a squeaker 24-20. Uh, he's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by Athletic Greens and BetOnline.ag. Everybody enjoy as much as you can enjoy a Patriots game this year. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, we will be back to recap it early next week. Until then, be well.